Welcome to Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. Hi, welcome to another episode of Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi. I really hope you're enjoying the series and thank you for coming along the journey. I am so excited to introduce you to another exciting human being. His name is Victor Homu Heswana. He is the director of Africa Open for Business. I'm sure you remember that name, don't you? Victor, how are you? I'm all right, thanks, and you too. Thank you so much for giving us the time. Good to see you. When we first met, you were teaching me how to pronounce your surname. You've learned. Well, I'm still trying. Yeah, no, no. It's yeah. all lifelong learning. <laughs> That's the philosophy. That was our first meeting at the... At, it, it was a BMF. BMF in Cape Town. Uh, Black, Black Management Forum. Our home. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't really spoken much about your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? You know, what are the memorable experiences that you can share? Grew up in the countryside. So mm-hmm. if you grow up in Limpopo, it's a small village called Mashite out in, it's about 65 kilometers east, southeast of Polokwane, the mm-hmm. town. So I grew far from the city, any city whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I grew up herding sheep and goats. You know, so I, I was a real country boy, large family, family of 10 to be exact. So we, although we grew up as a family of nine children. Yeah. And I was number six which means I have many elder sisters and brothers and I have younger sisters. And, mm-hmm. and so it's that kind of upbringing, very family-oriented, village-style, herding cattle. But that's where I learned to read because mm-hmm. my, my father said, you know, you can be grumpy because your, your life is not fascinating or anything, or you can learn to read. Also, Remember when you're looking after goats and yeah. you can't do anything, you have to wait you for know? them to eat. That amazing opportunity. You can't say hurry maybe. up. And, yeah. and he said, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of time that yeah. you're going to waste. Why yeah. don't you learn to read? And, wow. and I took his advice because he, he was... What an amazing man. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember. The other thing I remember is just obeying instructions. And you know, you feel lucky. Then you felt underprivileged. But now when you see how following instructions... Mm helped because we were taught to read we were taught to write there was not much democracy no negotiation and <laughs> i don't feel like yeah it. and walking to school walking back and yeah. but rushing after school because you had commitments duties at home yeah. to perform after school you could be thrashed if you didn't obey so there was a very simple disciplinary code wow but the funny thing about my village is one thing i still remember is how we told time yes by, how did you tell time there were two peaks, you know, hills. Yes. And the sun rose on the one side. Yes. And, and, and depending on how the shadow of the one peak yeah. then you knew fell it. on the other, yeah. when, they, when the shadow reached a certain point and you were still not at school, yeah. you knew you, you better in, run. You were in trouble. You know, yeah. And, and I, every time I go to the village, many things have changed. Yeah. My school has been upgraded. Yeah. And the village now has electricity and mm-hmm. parts of it have tarred roads. And, yeah. But that mountain is still there. Still can tell yeah. the time. And, and every yeah. time I look at it, I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. 
and of course learning to swim in a river yeah. without without the benefits of a swimming pool yeah, like a swimming pool you could be eaten by crocodiles so it's, it's that's an exciting that, childhood it is it was exciting now in hindsight yeah. back then we think, felt underprivileged yeah. because remember we had no television yeah so we listened to soccer on radio soccer commentary yeah and my sister and i couldn't understand how do these people fit into this radio because oh how did they get we, in there? how did yeah. they get in there and one day somebody came to the house to fix the radio and they opened it and we saw those capacitors yeah and the resistors you yeah. know a circuit yeah. board has lots of capacitors yeah. many colors and my sister said i have solved the problem <laughs> it's the people we normally hear they live there ah there there oh they are <laughs> but now they were not moving yeah Oh, you guys, that's just no, no, no. When they have to close it, when they close it, they'll start moving again. And I had to believe it because I couldn't understand. We, we had a magazine coming once a month, pace and drum, and it would. You have... know, this is the stuff of uh, of uh, children's stories. Yes, these are the, the little stories that can be recorded. Oh, certainly, and and, and storytelling. I'm yeah, a storyteller. Yeah. I consider my my mother was a brilliant storyteller. Yeah. She told stories. fairy tales folk tales and and she still does by the way yeah. at 85 but i just remember there was time for that and we listened to radio yeah. plays and you are a good storyteller i mean you presented at my seminar oh yes yes in yes, terms yes. of uh, the theme was africa rising yeah. I, i get emotional and, when i have to yeah. tell a story i get but spirit. it took us on a journey on africa's um, i mean what you do is you're a specialist consultant yeah and you focus on africa business development right you action expert in that what africa has to offer yeah. which is often overlooked yeah. that's what i made my business at yeah. least since 2002 what got you into that space a friend yeah. i think you you have to speak to her she's yeah. a very exciting person who sees you and duly adebole she was running trans africa radio yeah. and she needed a producer mm. and mokupi motwagai they call her shale now who mm-hmm. was the take 5 presenter i had been a guest on take 5 mm-hmm. resident so they called us resident experts yes she said no you can come and produce and when i got there they said oh you just have to watch the press check press online and summarize what the main stories are about business i said that's easy she said no but wait don't focus too much on south africa because we are broadcasting to nigeria zambia namibia yes Less, uh, and i said but now what is there to be found i was a typical south african who yes. thought there was south africa and africa yeah so from that day in october 2002 was the beginning of yeah. education luckily as a teacher i learned very fast yeah. and in 3 months i had almost begun to appreciate how little i knew about the continent yeah. and as the they say we are born in we are born on this continent and yeah. we don't know it as they say the biggest the highest form of knowledge is knowing what you don't know yeah. that changed and i became by 2004 i was suddenly considered an expert yeah. by some people and i thought no i'm not i I'm just an enthusiast because yeah. I'm out there to date I consider myself an enthusiast yeah. more than an expert. Really? Of course if you take that much time focusing on the same thing every day you will you, you live, become yeah. you love Africa you really are. You have to. You have to if you are African and everybody by the way is yeah. excited by this continent. Yes. So if you are an African and you are not I mean, you're losing I mean, out. You're losing out. I mean I love being in this. But I mean what gave you the idea that this is the next growth story? one it was just discovering how much lay unknown yeah undiscovered yeah 
but also how much interest there was from the rest of the world. Remember 2003, 2004, that's when the Chinese were beginning to up their game in the, on the continent. Mm. The BRICS story was being discussed by Jim O'Neill at, was it Goldman Sachs or, and, and the, the many countries were getting interested. And we were approaching the recession, remember? Okay. So yeah, many yeah. countries, companies were looking for growth and you would read articles about how emerging markets those, were going and, to and be. those yeah. famous um, economic, yeah. what the economy no, it was For me, it was not even The Economist. It yeah. was a magazine called Business Week. Yeah. And they had a cover story yes. talking about the next billion. And they wow. said the technology has sold laptops, computers, whatever tablets, yeah. and some, some, some phones to America, to European countries. They need to sell the next billion gadgets, and they're not going to sell them there. They want to sell them in Bangladesh, in Brazil. And these people don't look for what the Europeans look for. Yeah. So to be able to sell in those emerging yeah. markets, yes. they have to change the way they think. Yeah. That's when I was a BEE consultant. Yes. So I was looking for a case to make for BEE. Yeah. And then I realized, okay, if Africa is an emerging market region, yes. and the world is looking for new frontiers, and Africa has so much and so many people and so much land and so much potential, yes. it's obvious that things are going to go there. And I started taking this to radio and I went to Kaya FM with, with Stephen Bacher. Yeah. In 2007, I went to, to 702 yeah. with Bruce Whitfield. It was a weekly thing. I would yeah. prepare sometimes for three hours for a five-minute wow. slot. Wow. And I would go into studio to talk about this. Yes. And then it caught their attention. I started getting invited by boards of listed companies to come and speak about this Africa. Yes. Then I went back to Ernst & Young. I had worked for them before. Yes. They were trying to build the Africa Business Center. They said, we know what you're doing. Come and help us build it. We want to build it. And obviously with that came a lot of traveling to many countries. I've been to, to about 30. To now really experience. Yeah. And then the more you experience. And now the, the rural boy came back. The beauty of being rural is you learn how to sit back. You learn how to wait for an invitation. So when you are in a foreign place, you don't draw attention to yourself. It's, it's easy for you to like soak. Too forward. Yeah. And, and when you're not talking, you, you learn a lot. Yeah. So that, that's what happened. And every time you, you do... Can, you, you can do that even if you're not a rural... I love corners. When I go to a restaurant, I know. the best place... I'd like observing. Yeah, but it has to be your personality. Yes. Right. You are, you are a coach. You are a leadership person. So that takes listening. But, and, and it's not good or bad. It's just how you are inclined. Yeah. Urban people are a lot more assertive because probably they were fighting for space, I think. To always stand out. Yeah, you have to stand out because otherwise you'll be outdone. You have yeah. to compete for space. Yeah. You have to look out. You get knocked down by cars. In the village, you could work on your own for a long time and not run into anybody. You know, animals, yes, yeah. but animals are not going to bother you. No. And even if they did, Everybody's you wouldn't doing talk their own to thing. Them. Yeah. yeah. So you learn to wait for an invitation. Yeah. And, and that helps, which I recommend to many South Africans, that when you go into an African country that's not your own, mm. listen observe, you'll be amazed at how well you are embraced. Yes. Do not judge that country by Santon or Cape Town yeah. or Durban standards. Judge it by its own, yeah. which you don't know. So sit back, learn, and when you learn, you ask questions. Mm. And when you finally speak, you are more informed and you get a better reception yeah. than if you come in and say, oh my goodness, don't you have, don't yeah. you have a restaurant? Don't you have a 
I don't know. Don't you have a five-star hotel? Don't you have? Don't you have? Yeah. How do you guys do things? Yeah. Don't come with an attitude. It's an attitude. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was fortunate because my, um, I think my upbringing is such that we are diverse. I have cousins from Mozambique. Mm. And also then my first career, yeah. you know, it was part of the advertising and we had an African network. Right. So for me, it was just not, it was normal. You couldn't interact. advertise if you didn't listen to the client. Yeah, but also my colleagues from the continent, whether from Nigeria ah, or Kenya. They schooled you very early. Yeah, but I mean, also I suppose it's just your upbringing. Yeah. I mean, we just a diverse, sure. diversity sensitive family. Yeah. Um, your first book was called Africa is open for business? My first book was actually a pocket dictionary on BEE. Really? It was called is the A to Z of oh. BEE because I was a serious BEE consultant. Yeah. I helped with the writing of the codes, yes. with the writing of the verification standards. Mm -hmm. I trained the first batch of BEE verification agencies. Yes. So Jeez. I, 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 wrote, yeah, I wrote a pocket. It was self-published. Yes. It wasn't well designed, but it was very popular when I was a consultant around 2007, 8, 9 mm -hmm. and 10. People really used it. Companies bought it and they used it in their... In there, so but the one that was published by Penn Macmillan, yes, was yes. Africa is open for business, and yeah. it, it it was a, it was a collection of fifty essays. Yes, when I got to two thousand and thirteen, I looked back and real looked back and realized I had been talking about this African business and economics thing for ten years, ten years every week, and I said, I wonder what it would be like if, in fact, a friend of mine, Tuto Masasa. Mm -hmm. I was meeting her before the show on 702 and she said, do you have any of these podcasts? And immediately in my mind, I thought podcasts of myself, uh -huh. what for? But I was thinking and immediately said, I've always wanted to write a book. What if I went to all the podcasts, yeah. selected the top ones? Wow. Yeah. It would give me a collection. Then I said, hey, the African Union is turning 60 in uh -huh. 2013. Why don't I get the top 50? It's turning 50 rather. Why don't I get the top 50 headlines that have come repeatedly that are defining themes yes. and put them into a book? And I took out a tablet. I was with her. I remember at a restaurant at yeah. 24 Central. Uh -huh. And I started listing. They came in 15 minutes. Yeah. All the headings came. Wow. Then I approached the publisher and yeah. they said, well, we like that. We know your profile. We like it. We think if you can show us how you're going to write one chapter. Yes. Then I wrote the chapter about Rwanda because it was one of them. Rwanda has been your thing, hasn't it? It's, it's it has been because in 2004, when I was 2003, when I started, remember I said that I was told to go and look for stories about other countries yes. than South yeah. Africa. I was expecting not to find anything about Rwanda. Yes. And I kept finding a lot about it. Amazing stories, yeah. At first, I didn't believe it. And I looked up the newspaper, was the New Times. I said, now this supports the government. So probably it's not true. But you know what? You start reading about it. It was when it grew, I think it was 2008, 2009, when they rose from, I think, 163 in rankings to oh. 89. The world is of doing business. Yeah. They rose more than 50 positions that in one year. Started, like, noticing. Then I said, wait, this country is not, it's not just what I know yeah. about it. Then I took a lot more interest. And incidentally, yeah. I went to Rwanda, Rwanda. in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. 
And I remember checking into Serena and asking them, what is the safest time to jog around here? And they looked at you. They like, looked at me and said, what do you mean the safest time? I said, no, I want to jog, but I want to know what time is safe. See, I'm, I'm doing a South African. South African thing. They said it was That's 8 so p.m. It's unfortunate that we have to even yeah. ask questions like yeah. that. Yeah, it was 8 p.m. And they said, no, you can jog even now. Yeah. I said, now in this dark, yeah, they said, yeah. So males also worry about that. I always think it's just women that we have to worry about your safety. No, you get robbed in a foreign country. Okay. You know, again, yeah. don't be tough. Yes. Don't be too complacent. Yeah. Don't be complacent. You just always have to yeah. be aware. Just in be, any city, yeah. anyway, I think you yeah. have to be mature. Why do you think any potential investor from anywhere in the world should look at Africa and the African countries as an option. And if they're not, you know, what do you say to them? Okay, if they're still not looking now, oh. if anybody in the world exists and yeah. they're not looking at Africa, I don't think they can be helped. But those that are looking but are unsure about whether they are looking in the right direction, mm -hmm. just have to look at the following things. One is, remember in, in business growth, you're looking for numbers. Mm. Africa has how many people? 1.2 billion people. Yes. So it's not a small region. Yes. If you look at it as countries, you'll find countries like Lesotho with 2 million, then yeah. you won't be encouraged. Have to look at it. But if you look at it as a region, yes. you find 1 billion people. But 1. don't 2. look at us as one country. No, no, it's not one country either. Yes. And therefore, if you're looking for numbers, yeah. countries like Nigeria, mm -hmm. Ethiopia, you know, Egypt, they have those numbers, yes. upward of 60 million. And you can start there and anchor your business around there. Mm -hmm. But overall, yes, it's not a country, but it's moving towards regionalization. Yes. Number zones. Yeah, so that's number one. And that population is young, which means it will be around for a very long time. And therefore, if you're selling anything, you have a market that you can grow with. Secondly, Africa has a huge backlog in the provision of just about everything. Yeah. From infrastructure to services. So it's so Therefore, ripe for business. Exactly. It's wow. ripe for innovation. Wow. As long as you see that backlog as an opportunity. Yes. Number three, it's got resources unmatched. Mm. Even after the exploitation, the the it's Berlin so, conference dividing yeah. this continent into countries and and pillaging and taking, there's still so much. Think about how more than fifty percent of the world reserves of cobalt are in the DRC. Wow. The yeah. DRC has had diamonds. That that Lumumba thing was about diamonds and but it still has cobalt. Cobalt goes into these tablets. That we use. Lithium oxide batteries and we still have gold, lots of gold, lots of diamonds, the traditional minerals in the world. But the, the land that we have is arable, which means food production yeah. for countries like China that have lots of people but no yeah. land. It's, and agriculture is the future. Yeah. We have, Security exactly. we have water resources to generate electricity to power the whole world. Yeah. The river Congo, the rivers of Ethiopia, the rivers of, of Uganda. We have the biodiversity, which makes tourism exciting. Yeah. We have I a mean, long coastline. South Africa, we've always exactly. used we have, a, we have a temperate climate. It's, there are no extremes here. Okay, yeah. it can be hot, but so Not what? That, yeah. that means you can sell more air conditioners. <laughs> But it's, it's actually good for a lot of things. Therefore, when you consider all these things and you look at the fact that, yes, they are still dictators, but they are disappearing. Yeah. Eh? We, we, lost, yeah, we lost two in one year in the yeah. Sadek region, yeah. Mugabe yeah. and Dos Santos. Yeah. They had been in power for more than 35 yeah. years each. 
So governance is taking shape. Yes. There are younger presidents who are taking over. People are becoming more conscious. Yeah. And of course, the advent of mobile telephony, yeah. which has made it easier to provide services in health, yeah. in education. You can sell anything, mobile banking. So it's, And we're leapfrogging a we, lot of that, That's what, exactly. Mobile telephony allowed us to leapfrog the rest because where I grew up, there were no telephones. Mm. They tried to fit in fixed telephones now, but nobody really is interested. Yeah. So everybody has everybody has their mobile yeah. phones, and and that makes it easier for you to deliver healthcare yeah. remotely. It helps you to deliver education as long as we have the fast connection. The, yes. the, and the with this with fiber optic cables that are in the east and yeah. the west, in the Atlantic West African cable system, and the CECOM in the in the in the Indian Ocean, yes. as well as the East African submarine system. That gives you an idea. I'm just shocked that anybody can listen to you and not want to be on this continent. But Unless they have reservations, then they're entitled to. But yeah. hey, look at how many nationalities are coming here, yeah. from China to Brazil to India, yeah. and the traditional Americans are not going They'll catch up. They'll catch they up. They will catch up. You know, when you get... When you talk about this continent, you get so excited. I get very excited yeah. listening to you. I love this continent anyway, even without hearing you. Yeah. So when you talk, you just make me even more excited. What is your unique value proposition? I mean, it's what exactly makes... that. Yeah, it's exactly that passion. Yes, because don't undermine passion. Passion yeah. takes you over oceans. Eh? Mm. It's the passion that makes you dream, and when you dream bigger, you do bigger. Yeah, I am sure that. I don't offer anything other than the belief in this continent. Mm. I don't believe Africa is going the wrong direction. Yes. Even when I have Ebola or, or wars or HIV and AIDS, I still see potential. Yes. And I sincerely believe that. And most of all, I believe that I'll be part of that generation yeah. that changes things. But that means I have insights, I have credibility. Wherever I go on the African continent, I don't struggle to build relations. Mm. And if I do, I do lots of stakeholder relations management, advisory work, and that is what people need. You need credibility. I don't have power, as in I'm not a Patrice or an Aligo Dangote. Or, yeah. Or a, a name brand that we know, but you are a brand in your own right. I am a brand because of the fact that I just made it my business yes. to tell the story. And but be this is amazing yeah. because most people think you can't do anything in life unless you're connected yeah. or you're from a particular family. Yeah. So you are telling me that your passion and knowing your story and how you want to impact the world yeah. is the beginning. You have to be. When I was a kid, we, we recited the Mark Antony's funeral speech out of Julius Caesar. Mm. And the reason I wanted to be a, become a public speaker, when I was 11, I heard that speech. We were reciting it. We didn't know what it meant. Mm. But one thing they told us was this speech changed the course of history. And we said, so what? Do you remember it? I remember it. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I've come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. We didn't know what who meant. Caesar was, why he had been killed. <laughs> we didn't care, but we were reciting it with so much conviction. Yes. And when I saw the film, I said, this is Mark Antony. Yes. I said, I can do better than this guy. <laughs> So I started becoming a public speaker. Yeah. I was 13. I started debating for my school. and I, So what else my point? Your vision is much bigger. I'm a professional speaker now. I get paid to speak all over yeah. the world. When I was 11, I visualized I could be a speaker that could change the course yeah. of history. Yeah. 
course, you must inform yourself and you must listen. But in the end, no. Money follows a work a work that's done well, a job yeah, well done. Yeah. It doesn't precede it. Yeah. It might buy certain facilities for you yes. and make things easier, mm. but it's limited. Passion is unlimited. Yeah. When, when Kwame Nkrumah talked about the passion I'm planting will live long after I'm gone. Mm, mm. He knew exactly what, you were talking about. what What are the Americans doing now? They are going back to Ghana. Yeah. Back then in the 50s, he said, if you want the citizenship of Ghana, mm. you've got it. Yeah. In the Come 50s. Come back home. More than 50 years later, people are hearing yeah. what they killed Patrice Lumumba. People are trying to find Patrice. Yeah. But you can kill money, it's gone. You know, if you lose You can kill the body, but you yeah. cannot You can't kill, kill ideas. Yes. And Steve Biko here, yeah. you know, he was yeah. not even 31 when he was killed. Yeah. Describe to me your most perfect day. My most? Perfect day. Perfect day. What will it look like? Feel like? It's actually not what I do, eh? Because I love music. I yeah, yeah. It's more. It's more. So, what kind of music do? It's more good music, and and I'm not what being does facetious. Good mean? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, if you're doing Maskandi, well like, enough, like like Umfazo Mnyama, yeah, I will listen to. Uh -huh. you. If you're doing hip hop like Nasty C, yeah, or J Cole, I'll listen to. you. If you are playing jazz like Miles or Duduzo Makatini, mm -hmm. I will listen to you. If you're doing ballads like Neo and r and yeah. I'll listen to you. I'm being serious. When I, If you go into my playlist, yes. you'll find everything. Eclectic. So it's, it's relaxed. It's, 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 it's a lot of reading and knowledge sharing. Sharing knowledge to me is, is, is the ultimate. Because my highest form of existence yes. is insight. Yeah. When the world has insight into one another, what we need, what mm. we like, what we don't like, when we have insight about one another, our cultures, mm. what's important, our spirituality, yeah. we are stronger. Yeah. So sharing knowledge is my perfect, because there's no arrogance, there's no aggression. The teacher is teaching, but he's also learning. Yeah. And the, you always yeah, learn more You as always a learn as a teacher. Teachers yeah. learn fastest yeah. because their job is to teach, but to be able to teach, you must be a learner. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's this trend. Well, I'm calling it a trend. I don't know if it's the right thing to say mm -hmm. about living your purpose. Yeah. Uh, what is your view of this concept of purpose? Do you think your purpose in this life was to be an expert in African business development? If you follow this to its logical yeah. conclusion. My purpose was to be an evangelist. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe because my grandmother verbalized it, mm -hmm. my, my maternal grandmother who died, I think, in 1989 and my father said, you know what? You are as good as a priest, man. So it's okay. Yeah. I said, but I never wanted to be a priest. He said, but you're undermining priest because you look at it in a restricted yeah. religious sense. Yeah. Priest, evangelism is bigger than that. And, you, and, when and I you're think doing of, it for our continent. Yeah, exactly. So when I was 11 and I decided I want to be a speaker better than Mark Anthony, 
And I became a teacher and my grandmother prophesied in a way that I would be an evangelist. And I look at what I'm doing today, mm. telling the story of Africa to Africans and the rest of the world. It's come full hey, circle. It looks like, yeah. It is, Do you feel fulfilled doing it? Fulfilled only in the sense that I'm answering the call. It's not Is it your call or are you just responding to somebody else's wish for you? Uh, the universe, I suppose, uh -huh. makes the calling. It makes the call, right? It's not one person. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's not necessarily the most enjoyable thing to do, uh -huh. speaking and what, but because of the purpose it fulfills, you, you know you are glad that you, when you had the call, you didn't run like yeah. Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Because I said, I suppose if you try to run, life will bring you back. And so sharing knowledge, not just about Africa, but about possibilities. I spend a lot of time trying to organize people into an investment club, organize them into this nonprofit initiative. That's more where I spend most of my time because I believe my people can take charge yeah. of their own destiny. So you just basically just passionate, yeah. a passionate African. About talent. Yeah. Talent is potential. Yeah. So whenever I see talent, and if you look at my history, you'll find it. Everywhere I've gone, I've taken people with me without even being aware of yeah, it. Yeah. Whether I was anchoring on radio, I would bring people in, and the station owners would say, who are these kids that you... And they would become experts in their own right. Yeah. When I was a teacher, same thing. So would, you're just teaching. you just yeah. still... Continue. That's why I see it as evangelism. And evangelism is about getting your work out there, gospel out there, but getting disciples as you go along so they become evangelists as well. Yeah. I must say, I mean, my attraction to you in terms of why I see you as wise, it's just the calmness you you have. In, it's like there is this knowing that you have. and you, you Thank just, you, I did. You're just calm around it. And... Uh, you know, you as I say, and I understand now when you're talking about listening that you don't you don't push your way around, but it's just yeah. it's a very yeah. calming thing. But when people find me in an argument, they yeah. think I'm very stubborn about my views. I'm but, sure. but they don't. Yeah. I say, hey, I spend a lot of time reading. Yeah. And writing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have a, that a lot sense, of time to reflect. That sense that. So I do wonder what makes you angry, though. Today, it's anything that, oh, that antagonizes the development of talent. Whether it's my child not applying himself, but most of all people who talk about Africans as second rate, that, that, that drives me mad. In other words, if somebody's late and they say, oh, African, I you know, lose it, yeah. I lose it. I lose it's it like, like perpetuating it, the stereotypes about yes, especially if they're African. Yeah. I say, but wait, hang on a second. Has slavery got into you so much that you can't believe anything worthy is African? Yes. And anything worthy is you understand? So that drives me nuts because yeah. I know without defeating that mentality, we can't get anywhere yeah. as Africa. So and it, it would be sinful if Africa never developed. Yeah. We need to humanity. ourselves anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's humanity, by the way, because yeah. Africa is the cradle of humankind. So if we don't get the best, if, if Africa never realizes its potential, all of humanity is doomed. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing way of looking at it. Yeah. 
Um, you've been married a while. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> what wisdom can you share about how we choose partners and build loving relationships? I think you should marry your friend. Uh-huh. That, that's the first thing. Yeah. Because it's easier to forgive a friend, much, much easier than to forgive a lover. Really? Yes. And so... Really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Think about it. If your friend is your friend because you have accepted them over the years with their imperfections. Yeah. And love, on the other hand, is this all emotional thing. They lift you, they make you weak in the knees. They create the impression that they can be perfect or are perfect. Mm. The disappointment sets in very quickly and you can't. And of course, we have lots of expectations of our lovers, mm. but our friends, we, we take them as they yeah. are, right? Yes, we accepting. expect them to be loyal, yeah. but we're not going to be too worked up yes. if they fall short, yeah. right? They come up short. Second thing is make giving your... Part your, of your nature, I suppose. Yeah, your nature, that's yeah. right, your core. And I know people are going to say you can't give and not receive, but in the end that expectation yeah that expectation is the stress factor yeah if you give somehow the universe remember it's a couple you're a couple yes. but you're still part of the universe yes and the universe gives back and eventually it stabilizes things i don't think anybody should be married who can give and give without expecting yeah by doing that you teach your partner yeah to do the same yeah. And and then for sure it's the vision that you try and build. If if marriages fall, it's because the vision is not there. It's not there's no shared yeah. vision. So I want this now, and and you will hear it. Money is among the top mm -hmm. reasons people divorce, divorce. because I want to build a big house. I want to live in the most expensive suburb. The other one wants to build for their grandchildren. And now the priority you will get there with yeah. your grandchildren. But this one once now, now, it creates tension. Either you have got to go and make three times the money, then you get into corrupt schemes. Yeah. And you're never <laughs> home anyway. You never, yeah, you're never home at all. <laughs> so I, I would say I would say that is yeah. Well, thank and, you and, for and that. that that is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the last. Yeah. You gotta forgive, eh? You're just gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. If you and forgiving doesn't mean somebody has done wrong. It simply means what they are. Yes. That might not work for you. You've got to yeah. forgive it. It's, it's, it's the minor things that are going to irritate you and you focus on them so much. Mm. So you forgive them, they forgive you. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that's... Okay, so I shall get you as my counsellor if ever I meet <laughs> oh. the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done a bit of counselling. Yeah. I've married a few people. Uh, okay, yeah. I need that wisdom when I meet the one. <laughs> anyway, what's the most courageous decision you've ever taken as a business leader thus far? And what drove you to that decision? Perhaps getting out into self-employment rather than as a... Yeah, in, in, yeah. in corporate where in we corporate, were all... Yeah. Yes, exactly. And just even when it gets tough, staying yeah. the course. Eh? Yeah. And, but also deciding, it's a bit more on the philosophical side, deciding that I am going to be about impact mm. and money will follow. Because and you it, really believe that? I do, because... In the end, look at our country and how many commissions are ongoing about people who put money ahead of everything. And tell me... Ahead of our continent. Who is wealthy now? Yeah. You know, they... I suppose it's also the definition of wealth. And exactly. We have to yeah. redefine what we mean. Yes, yes. So I, I think the decision was, I'm going to be about impact. 
And people come to me and say, yeah, but you don't have a unique selling proposition. I say, yeah, it will come. It'll, I agree that I'm still, it's work in progress. But you know, my vision, you. my vision is very clear. Yeah. It's of a prosperous Africa. Yeah. And I'm not asking anybody to do it. I am doing it myself. Yeah. So that impact, of course, I have to find ways that are commercially viable that yeah. can be converted into money. Yes. Because otherwise I wouldn't be here. You, gotta you have to monetize. But if you yeah. get so worked up about the short-term capital, working capital requirements, mm. you sell yourself short. That's how you build a brand yeah. long-term. You, you've got to have a personality. Personality and character, you, you can't build that by just taking shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. So I'm serious about working for my grandchildren. Yeah. I know what they will be For the next generation. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even the next, it's the one after. After this generation, yeah. yeah. And I say to my children, you must work for your grandchildren. Mm. Because remember, I've only got sons, and boys are a bit slow. Eh? They take time to... They, they, no, they take time to focus. Oh, do they? They do, they do. <laughs> Always, they take okay. time to focus. So I say, you know, if I get too sad about how slow they are, I'm going to lose it. So why don't I focus on their children? And when yeah. they catch on, they will focus on their grandchildren. Yeah. And everybody will always be working two steps ahead. You know, or behind ahead. Yeah. No, 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 ahead. Yes. In in sports, I yes. play squash. They yeah. say, think of the two shots ahead. Yeah. What is the next shot and the one after? That's the one you're you a strategist at heart, aren't you? You have to, yeah. Yeah, but I long term, the, long term, the only problem is if I could convert that strategy into short term gains, I would yeah. be a wealthy person. Yeah. But I, you see, I make Africa's issue my strategy, yeah. my big yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I, I understand. And, I totally get it. And that's why I'm a writer. I'm a preacher. Yes. I'm a speaker because I believe I can achieve a lot more. Yes. By creating those synergies amongst people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. I'm passionate about being a female. And an African as well. Yes, and then this is a good initiative, by the way, that your leadership, Busara leadership initiative that, that you, you've, you've stuck with all these Thank years. Thank you. And I know that that's what you said when you accepted my invitation. You kind of said you've been on this path. You're, so I totally get where you are. And the fact that it's the a journey... Lonely, it's, a, it's a lonely one. When you sit down on your own and you're thinking, maybe I'm losing it. Yeah. And then you see somebody who sells their soul and yeah. then they can say, oh, how much do you need? I can give you that and your little office. I can buy you an office block. And when yeah. you look at the conditions, you realize, no, no. They, they are at odds with everything I've stood for. No, then you I, say, thanks, but they, no, they, thanks. there is no price to yeah. being a proud African for me. Just, you know, in closing, you know, we can talk forever. No, we um, shouldn't. Yeah, I yeah. know. Otherwise, what wisdom, what wisdom would you like us to to have? That, you know, if this is the last <laughs> thing you ever say to us, what do you want us to remember in just anything that you want in to share? In any form. Yeah. Let me give you a few quotes yes. because I'm a writer, so I must quote other writers. Yes. The first quote was from my father, and it was, he quoted Alexander Pope a lot. Oh, did he not? Yeah, yeah, he did. He said... And the quote, I'm not going to give it to you verbatim, but it, it is about of all the things that conspire to blind man's erring judgment and to weaken the mind, what the weakest head with strongest bias rules is pride, yeah. the never failing vice of fools. Our Achilles heel. Yeah. yeah. And and so in simple modern English is 
nothing distorts our thinking and judgment and confuses us more and weakens us more than pride which never fails yeah the other quote is from a a, a, a poem called sum of life yeah by hw longfellow yeah tell me not in mournful numbers life is but an empty dream mm. for the soul is dead that slumbers wow oh so that is like yeah deep the soul is dead it's a much longer poem and every stanza has words of wisdom yeah. but just how it opens this this boy is saying don't come in here with your tired attitude that life is not worth it so when people say life is unfair life is and then lastly patrice lumumba when he was killed in 1961 had just written a letter to his wife and in it he said many things but there was a line he says I want my I want my children to know that the future of the Congo is beautiful. Wow. Now here's somebody who for those who don't know Patrice Lumumba, he had been removed. He was a democratically elected prime minister, but he got removed after 3 months and he got arrested and he was killed very brutally and chopped to pieces and you know he knew he was going to be killed. because in that same letter says is no amount of torture or pain can force me to beg for mercy yeah. because I would rather die with my head held high than sacrifice my principles but when he said tell my children in this dark period where, mean, 1961 eh, yes. the future of the congo is beautiful and i can say that to africans in this dark hour the future of this continent is beautiful and like patrice i expect everyone to take their place in making it better i'm taking that's that call cuz i totally believe it that's it so you see i i quote other people because otherwise i'm not showing ex- i can't expect people to listen to what i say no, no, if no. i don't demonstrate it's i listen powerful. to other people. it's powerful enough yeah, thank it. you very much for that i mean honestly if you're an african and you're not feeling it in your soul at this point in time ah you in trouble thank you so much for joining us for another episode of wisdom personified conversations with dudum somi i am so proud to be african until next time thank you for listening to this episode of wisdom personified conversations with dudum somi please also like follow and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends i would love it if you could rate and review as well wisdom personified conversations with dudum somi is also available on youtube facebook watch apple and google podcasts as well as spotify enjoy the wisdom journey